close out, um, we have a special guest in our room as well. Is uh, the very own Matthew. Um, Catholic Mission Campus Missionary. Um, I was here, a lot of you guys know me, but for you, you who don't know me, uh, I graduated from OSU, The Ohio State University. And um, so every Monday we do outreach, like um, as missionaries, the same way that you guys do outreach at OSU on Thursdays or something, right? Yeah. Um, and we go to we go to like other places. We're assigned, we're at Santa Berg, so obviously it's farther north, but. Um, I got word from the Lord that I was supposed to go to the sex shop that was over um, off of 71. And I was like, nope. <laughs> so for a while, I was like, Lord, I know you're calling me to go, but whenever that happens, yeah, whenever that happens. And he was like, Matthew, we're saying that is today. So pull my Bible open. Um, we do Bible roulette because that's one of the best ways to figure out what the Lord is speaking, right? <laughs> and... Um, he has me flip open to Second Chronicles. I don't know if it's, I think it was 16 or something. And essentially it says, the captives were ransomed from the royal treasury for 100 pieces of silver. So I prayed to the Lord. I asked, I asked the Lord, like, what are you trying to speak to me through this? He said, you're going to go into the sex shop and you're going to talk to the cashier, give her $100 and tell her it's for the lights. Didn't know what that meant. Wow. I didn't know what the lights were. And I was like really iffy about that. I was like, this is weird, Lord. Just like, with a random word like that, I don't know if this is like a good idea. But he was like, it's gonna, just trust me, Matthew. So um, we go two by twos. So I went with another missionary and I told him, we're going to the sex shop today. He's like, heck yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why. I don't know that reason. <laughs> um, so we go, we walk in. I have my eyes straight forward because everything in my periphery is sinful. And um, holding on the, on the cashier right away. And we had the Lord, we had the directives for that specific um, day, love super hard and pray for healing. So that we translated that as we need to say, I love you as much as possible. So we get, and then Jesus loves you as much as possible. So we go and we're profusely saying the words, Jesus loves you to everybody as we're walking in. And the craziest part is everyone was saying, yeah, uh, he loves you too. In the sex shop, we, we go on later to look, realize that the, the manager is also Christian, which is crazy. Please pray for her. Anyways, we talk with the cashier. Um, I pull out the money, and at which point the, the manager comes over and is like, no, you can't give her the money. So we say, okay, we're going to go put in the gas cap of your car, and then when you're on a cigarette break or whatever, you can come out and get it. So we do that. Um, she's watching the cameras the entire time as we, we do that. And we, we say, the, Lord's, we, the Lord, we're just giving this because the Lord wants to bless you with this. The Lord wants us to set you free with this. Um, and it's for the lights. And, and that's what we said. She, already, she starts tearing up when we start putting, when we go out to put the money in. We come back in and we say, the Lord loves you so much. And he, want, he just wants to set you free today. So she, at this point, she's like pretty much like almost bawling. And I say, can we pray with you? And, and I was like, I don't know if you're allowed to pray like in here, but we should pray. And she, she immediately goes off to the side of the register and we start praying with her. And, I, and we just pray, Lord, in your beautiful name, we just ask that you set her free from anything. And I get the word boyfriend. So I say, if, and if and there's any bad relationship with a boyfriend, I ask you to break it off right now in the name of Jesus. And she start, she, she like identifies with the word. She said that is exactly what's been going on. And she said that she wants to quit working at the sex shop. So we leave. And then I forgot her number. So I got back in and got her number. By this point, she's talking to her manager about it, I assume. I 
and then I proclaimed in the name of Jesus that she was talking about quitting, and we left. And now we're just going for the whole store, so we're going to go for the manager next time. We'll see you. Amen. So, thank you, Matthew, for the witness, for being open to what the Spirit's about. Um, so, John's going to come up here in a little bit to talk to us a little bit more about the Spirit and what we've already been talking about this semester. Um, and I think this, that actually this, this story actually highlights something important for us, that like the, the Spirit wants to move in us, and wants to work in us, and wants to do it today. Um, and that, like, like, what's happening, like, what happened in Matthew's life, that's not just, he's not an exception. This is something for all of us, that we can all proclaim the name of Jesus. And it's not just for him, it's not just for Damascus missionaries, it's for all of us here. Um, and so, I wanted to bring us back, um, first actually, something that's kind of cool that's happening in our, in our body of SBO Ohio, is the Lord speaking, and he's speaking a word um, that's actually been really common amongst ODU even Ohio State. Um, so this, this is a word from Brittany, and then another, uh, as well as another student. I'm not going to read this whole thing, I'm going to just kind of like summarize it. Um, so, this is a sense that the Holy Spirit, um, that the walls in our heart, that we have walls in our hearts that need to be broken down so that the Holy Spirit can be living and active in our lives. These walls can be fear, lack of expectant faith, complacency, whatever that might be. Um, the way to break down the walls is to praise God, praise the name of Jesus. Um, just like in this image as we worship, just like the Holy Spirit breaking through our hearts and breaking into our life. Um, and then the, the student shared a similar word of that actually just wanting to, um, the Holy Spirit wants to be, um, what's the word? I don't want to butcher this. Oh, unrestrained. That actually, like the Holy Spirit actually wants un, unrestrained and to be fully broken into our life. Um, and so, I'll, this was a word I shared, I think, at the last prayer meeting. Um, and this is from Isaiah. So say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a sage, then the tongue of the dumb will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert, and the rivers in the steep. Um, and I was praying into this today, again, a little bit more. Um, and this is, yeah, this is what I, so I just asked the Lord, like, Lord, what do you have for us? Um, it says, have you let the vindication and the recompense truly take root in your hearts? Have you allowed yourself to be transformed again into my creation, where my spirit has taken shelter in you? Is it, it is through your hands I desire to raise up the lame. It is through your hands for the mute to, to speak, the deaf to hear, um, the lame to walk. Will you let me? Will you let the Spirit be the one in you that moves you? Fear not, my children. For I, I saved you and desired to build you into a new people, alive again in my spirit, that is set like a lighthouse in the storm, burning bright for those lost in the storm of life to find their way home. I want this for all my children. You are not an exception, and neither is anyone else out there. Will you let me be the beam that guides them back to you, back to me? Mm -hmm. And just this image of that actually... That our community, that we as a people, are called to be that lighthouse. That like 
this image of just like the lighthouse stands and there's a storm raging out in the world. And that like, but actually like the spirit is that beam that, that goes forth, that kind of dwells within us, that we can be the beam that brings the others home. And, but actually, and like how the spirit moves us um, is the one that is inviting the people into this life again. So we can go into these, these the sex shop. I'm not saying that that's what we need to do. But that we can actually go out to the campuses to actually like, we don't have to go out into the streets, into the city. That's an important place. But actually, ours are the campuses. Our campuses are these storms that are raging. Mm-hmm. And that we need to be the lighthouse that bring them home. Mm-hmm. And that actually allow the Spirit to be the one to move us. And to actually be, um, be allow, allow the Holy Spirit to actually just break through into our hearts tonight, though. Because it's not, it's, if next week, the fan the flame, he's going to come in power. But it's going to start now. As, yeah. as it started last week, yeah. last formation started yesterday. It's going to start again today, but it's got to take root in our lives. Um, so that's what John's going to come up. Um, he's going to be the one to kind of bring us into that, kind of take us into a little um, deeper into what the Spirit's about, what he's moving. Shine through the storm, and it's the hearts of those that we encounter, particularly for next week, but I think first is starting tonight with us. So, those stories were incredible. Thanks, Shakir, for sharing that. Thank you for your uh, humility and how you deliver that, too. And just like, you didn't come with lofty words of wisdom, you came in demonstrations of spirit and power. And I think that's what the Lord actually wants to show us tonight. The Lord wants to show us He's alive. He wants to communicate his life to our hearts tonight. So there's no outline. Um, there's no outline. You're free. Um, you're free to just to put up your antennas, um, see, uh, listen to the Holy Spirit, allow him to convict your heart, allow him to lead you, and, uh, and we're going to have a chance to respond together tonight. Does that sound good? All right, let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let's just welcome the Lord here together. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are holy, holy, holy. We worship you tonight. Father, we are your sons and your daughters. Uh, we didn't earn it. But you are unbelievably generous to us. Uh, we come under the authority of Jesus Christ tonight. Yeah. We cast out any spirits of fear. We cast out any spirits of comparison, judgments, um, pride. Anything that would puff us up, Lord. We, we say we're here um, for you, Jesus, for your word. Folks, we believe that you are God and that you can do all things. Transform our hearts tonight. We surrender to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Alright, so that we're talking a lot about baptism in the Holy Spirit, right? That's yeah. been the, uh, the topic du jour that's been going on. And uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit is one of the ways God is responding to the crisis in our times, right? He's, he's, he's pouring out His Spirit and pouring out His love into our hearts so we can have experience with the Father's love and be transformed in our hearts and know what it's like to be a son and a daughter and to live that out more fully, right? I think so that's a solution, Baptist Holy Spirit, one of the solutions God's working right now. I want to back up to our problem. Okay, all the way back, right? We're going to Genesis, all right? Okay, John. I'm not going to read the whole thing. 
But I am going to highlight a couple things here. So in Genesis, um, I want to point to how the serpent sows mistrust, a fundamental mistrust right off the bat in the original sin. This is it's this original sin that we all partake in. So it's not like that, that was her problem. You find like, no, no, this is our problem. This is what scripture sounds like. This original sin is our problem. So what started there is a lot of our hearts today. So what started there? Well, the serpent's first question gives us a clue. It says, he says, did God say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? He said, did God say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? It's just a simple question. But the simple question is packed with a lot of um, mistrust. It's packed with a lot of wording that God's, that, that he's, the servant is suggesting that God's law is arbitrary. Like any tree, like God is used to making this stuff up. Like he knows, and then he even goes to say, like this tree, it won't hurt you. It's going to make you see, and you'll be like God. So he's sowing mistrust between Eve and God, between man and God. So, and by saying this too, he's saying that God could be easily prohibited them from eating of any, any and all trees. So it's just kind of like an arbitrary, God is arbitrary, God is not to be trusted. He's also suggesting something about the character of God. Because if his law is arbitrary, then he's nothing more than a tyrant. He's just like kind of making things up as he goes. Right? He's like, ah, this. So we, have to, we can't really trust the tyrant. We have to have our guard, right? There needs to be like some protection. That's natural. He also says, God, did God say? Where before, the Lord was always referenced as the Lord God. Because Adam and Eve had a covenant with the Lord God. He was the Lord, their God. And now it's just God. It's this guy. This kind of like force out there. Not a personal God that knows them, that's created them, but this like concept or thing. And so he's, he's, he's kind of twisting right there. And this is not this is how we live often today, is we kind of have this, this deep-seated mistrust. God is like, at best, like kind of like distant, or maybe he's like the salt on our plans. But at worst, he is a tyrant. He's someone who we can't really trust. We can't really hand over things to him because like, he's, he's going to mess it up. Right? Like, he doesn't really know what I want. It's, it's not going to turn out right. So what do we do? How's, what's our response? Well, we look out for numero uno. So we do. You know, I gotta got take care of myself. Gotta look out for me, right? So God's, so we, so what happens? We start building our kingdom instead of God's kingdom. We start to build our kingdom instead of God's kingdom. This mistrust causes us to build our kingdom and not God's kingdom. I'm gonna read from Second Timothy three. Check out some proofs of this. He says, "But understand this." That in the last days there will come times of stress. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderers, profligates, fierce, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding the form of religion, but denying the power of it. All right. Holding the form of religion, but denying the power of it. That, that really struck me when I was preparing for this talk. Holding the form of religion, but denying the power. So let's say holding the form of something. Like, uh, Craig, the, the guy you're playing basketball with, like, he had the form of a football player. Like, he looked the part. Craig was saying, like, when he watched the cafeteria, people were like, yeah, that guy plays football. So that's like the form. He has the part. He looks it, right? 
So it's pretty external is what we're talking about here. They're holding the form of it that denies how there's something missing. So think about my own life. Um, I can look pretty good, just to be honest. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in ministry, you know. I fundraise my salary. Like I don't live close to family, so I can be on mission. Um, I'm up here giving a talk, so I must be important, right? Like at least small groups. I do a lot of like ministry things for the church. I do a lot of good things, right? Sweet, awesome. But here's the problem. Um, my life actually like. I get to do something that I love every day. And like, it's a pretty cushy life in some ways. Like, I get to do a job I love. I know a lot of people don't get that privilege. Well, I have way more money than my family and I need. God survived for all this. I actually live a pretty good, easy life. Like, it's not difficult in any way. We're not struggling to pay bills. I get to actually read scripture and study while I'm at work, which I love to do. Um, and here's the thing, I can, I can like lean on all these things I love and not allow God to like transform my heart. I can actually still build my kingdom while being in this role that I'm in right now, which subverts the whole game. You guys following me here? Like I can subvert the whole game. I can still half-heartedly um, go through my prayer time in the morning. I can coast through family life, be a good enough husband. Um, I can do the flashy stuff when people are looking, like right now. But then when I go home later at night, you guys have no idea what actually happens. So I can build my kingdom and not God's kingdom. I can be dead inside and people can look at me and think I should be imitated. I can play it safe. I can have this kind of control attitude in my life. And I am no better than, that's the original sin, acting in my life. So externals are very misleading, right? Are you guys trying to get shocked with me here? Externals are very misleading. In Samuel 16, 17, um, got, uh, Sam was going to go anoint the next king of Israel, right? And uh, he's going to Jesse's house, that's where God told him to go. And Jesse's warned, so he brings out all of his sons, almost all of his sons. And these dudes are like, they look the part. They're like six foot three defensive ends, right? And like one of these guys is going to be king, because the king is. And he didn't even think to bring out David, because David's like the shrimp and younger son, who's the shepherd, who gets like all the tasks thrown on. But that was the man God chose. And the scripture here says, God does not see as a mortal who sees appearance. The Lord looks into the heart. The Lord looks into the heart. That's what he cares about. The Lord cares about the heart. Because brothers and sisters, where is your heart? That's the question I think the Holy Spirit has for us tonight. Where is your heart? And we're said another way. Um, what do we look to when we're building our life? What do we look to when we're building our life? Is it um, we're building around like and to make sure I have this, this money in place, this career in place, this vocation in place. Because those things are actually just building our kingdom, right? They would say, hey, I'll make some money and I'll give it away. Okay, great. Um, are you still in control? Are you, do you still have your hands in the steering wheel in this, thing, in this situation? Or are you just kind of like, again, Jesus, salt and pepper on your life? Um, and it comes down to who do we think will satisfy us? I think that's like the, the deeper question here. Who do we think will satisfy us? This career, this job, this salary, this person, um, this location, this house, maybe, that we have in our mind, uh, this lifestyle, maybe, that we have in our mind? Who do we think will satisfy us? Who or what can we trust in to come through for us? Who or what can we trust to come through for us? So here's what Scripture says to us. You write this? Scripture says in the Psalms, give the power back to God. Give the power back to God. Scripture exhorts us to say, the power belongs to God. Jesus says in Revelation, I, not you, he doesn't say that part, he says, I make all things new. Jesus makes all things new. So whose kingdom are we building? Is it anything other than Jesus' kingdom? 
Because if it is, we're wrong. If it's really in the kingdom that's not Jesus' kingdom, we're wrong. And that's what Scripture is clear about. Because if it is Jesus' kingdom that we're building, our lives will start to look like his. Right? We'll be about his mission. Because his mission, his kingdom is his mission, and it's his life. Um, what was Jesus' mission? Well, Jesus was on his Father's mission, right? And Michael read that scripture verse 4, which heard. Jesus was on his Father's mission. So if we're on Jesus' mission, we're on the Father's mission, which is setting captives free. Proclaiming good news to those in captive. Making all things new. Um, opening up a way for people to experience new life, new joy. Having good news proclaimed to them. So it's actually offering people, once again, to live their lives in a close relationship with God, under his rule and his reign building his kingdom. That's where freedom is, because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. So, which kingdom we serve is a matter of the heart. That's what I want to kind of drill into it. So, uh, let's, see what, let's see what Scripture says. So, Luke 9.58. You actually have Bibles here, so if you want to, open it up to Luke 9.58. I'm going to dig in here a little bit. Bet you didn't know there's 50 verses in Luke 9, huh? Alright, so actually I'm gonna back up. This, this, this is a kind of this look at some few Bible has headings like mine does. It's kind of fun. Uh, we can kind of get a little like cook those version. So if you go to like chapter eight and nine, you see what Jesus is doing at this point, to so some context. Well, Jesus calms the storm at sea. What? He like says, be still in the wave stop. And if you saw that happen, you'd be like, that's cool. Then after that, he heals this demon guy who's freaking out this entire town. They see a bunch of pigs jump in the ocean because they have demons in them. After this, he raises a woman from the dead. Okay, like, like his disciples are watching all this happen too. They're like seeing these things, right? Um, then he sends them all out to go cast out demons. They experience it for themselves. Hair is perplexed. He feeds 5,000 people with like, um, what is it, just the five, five and two? Whatever, it doesn't matter. He feeds 5,000 people with like a basket full of things. Um, and then Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says, flesh and blood not real, you my Father in heaven. And then the transfiguration. Like, they see Jesus, well, three of them see Jesus in his glory. So then, we're rolling, more things happen. But then let's go to 58. And this is, this is um, some would-be followers of Jesus. You see a lot of people who Jesus calls and they're like, I'm in, let's do this thing, drop the next, let's go. These people, uh, it doesn't work out that way. And we're going to dig into that a little bit here. So, as they were going along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And you're going to answer that. So what's going on here, Jesus? Alright, so, the problem here, and really all these, it wasn't, their questions had, had, a, had a little bit deeper of a layer here. It was about them first. So in this situation, this guy's like, hey, I got you. I'm all in, Jesus. And we, actually, I think I've done that. We, I think we've all done that. Like, Lord, like, let's do this thing. I'm all in. And what he's saying is like, yeah, but it costs something. Are you ready to like, give up some things yeah. for me? Are you ready for this to hurt a little bit? Yeah. Are you ready to be like, squeeze a little bit? Because if you're not, then like, like, I don't even have a, a bed at night. Like, foxes have dens, but I, I don't have a den. Like, we're, we're doing this thing. And what he's saying is, we don't get to design our perfect life if we're building God's kingdom. That's not how it works. We don't get to like, dictate the rules. We don't design our perfect life when we're building God's kingdom. Because brothers and sisters, scripture says very clearly, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So if you seek the other things first, the comforts, whatever you want to first, that's not how the game is played. That's what Jesus reminds this man of. Second one. says, to another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But he said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Okay, John, how are you going to explain this one? So yes, that's intense. Okay, again, let's go, let's go like one layer deeper. So, custom of the time. His dad wasn't like dead yet. Um, but the situation was his dad was probably like close to death. And what this man was saying was like, hey, my dad's like going to die soon. And then I'll like fulfill my duties as his son and bury him. And then I'll get his inheritance. And then I'll be set up. And then, you know, once I have that like little nest egg, let's do this thing. So like, I'll take care of these things, and then this will work out for me. What Jesus is saying is like, he's saying, no, 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 like, the call is now. So it's, the issue isn't like, hey, give me one more day, I'll go to my dad's funeral, then I'll be here. It's, Lord, me first. Yeah. That's the problem here. It's not one more day, it's, it's Lord, I'm going to dictate the rules here. I need, this, I need a, he wanted, here's a quote, it says, he wanted to feather his future nest before being obedient to the call of discipleship. He wanted to get all set up and all pretty, make all this design his perfect life, and then he'll be a disciple. It's not how it works. This exposed his desire, because it's a priority thing. First, he was saying, first my future, and then Jesus. Jesus is saying it's not how this game works. Um, problem. Conclusion. These men denied the power of God. That's what I propose to say. These men denied the power of God. So what should our response look like? Matthew 13. Turn to it if you got it. Alright. Matthew 13, um, 44. What should our response look like, brothers and sisters? It says here, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Yeah. What baptism in the Holy Spirit is really about, brothers and sisters, is the Lord revealing his power and his kingdom to us. Yeah. So that we can have the power of the Holy Spirit behind us when we make a mature decision to follow Jesus with all of us. It's not like a magic thing. It's a power, God powerful thing. Like the kingdom coming in our life. And I love these stories. The first one, the guy wasn't even looking for the treasure. So there's going to be people on Phantom Flames who like, uh, are coming and kind of like, uh, maybe, I guess I'm open to this thing, but I don't know what I'm looking for. And they stumble on the treasure and they're like, this is it. Whoa, this is way better than anything I've ever experienced in my life. I'm all in. I know a man like that. His name's Joseph McBride. I sat behind him in worship. His hands were folded. And I was just like praying for him. It was like, it was like Friday night. I was like, Lord. This guy does not want to be here, and he probably is really pissed, but just do something. Saturday night, he received the Holy Spirit, passed the Holy Spirit, and he just could not stop laughing. And the man's life's been transformed. Completely transformed. And that wasn't because, like, one time, like, one of decisions, like, he made decisions after that, but that was a trajectory turning point in his life. That the Lord intervened. I love the second one, too, because this one, the guy's in the pearl game. He's, like, been around. He's looking for the pearls. And I think that's, that's a lot of us. Like, we're in the pearl game. We're like, we're doing the church thing. We're here tonight, right? And he finds something of great value that he didn't have before. He probably had hundreds of pearls. Probably like 
hundreds of transactions. He's been doing this for a while, and he sees the one that's worth it all. And we're, we're restless searchers too. We're looking for the big deal. Where's the big cheese? Like, Lord. And he's saying, like, he wants to show that to us and reveal that to us so that we can sell all and go all in. Because that's the response to the kingdom, brothers and sisters, is going all in. Yeah. Scripture's pretty clear about this. It's not, it's not mincing words. It's not a metaphor. It's, he says, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And went and sold all that he had and bought it. All in. That's, that's, that's the, how the kingdom works. So, again, I think the problem here is when we deny the power of God. When we put this on ourselves, like, I need to most of the thing to make this decision. Um, we do have to make a decision, and that's on us. But the Lord wants to lead us to a place where this happens. And sometimes slow growth is good growth here. But as long as we're willing to go in more. I'm not saying we all need to quit our majors right now and come to a seminary. Clearly, no, I'm not saying that. But I think we can understand in our hearts right now where we're resistant to a message like this. What we're holding on to. What's kind of hidden, other people can't see. What we're taking our hope in right now. What we think can satisfy us. What we think can we can build our life on. Jesus is saying, stop denying the power of God. So, Jesus, Lord, Jesus wants, God wants to baptize us in his Holy Spirit. And then, God wants to give us new hearts. That's the good news, right? Ezekiel 36. A new heart I will give to you for a new spirit within you. I'll take from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's his promise to us. That's what we're talking about here. That's what he wants to do. And that's what we're going after. This is what we were created for. Um, this is actually, this new heart is what begins to right the first wrong. Because instead of seeing God as this tyrant and kind of having this, like, knowing I need to, like, look out for new and design my life, we actually know from experience that God is a Father who loves us, who's given everything for us, and that we can trust him. We start to place our lives in his hands and see him work. So guess what? We put more of our life in his hands. We see him work. I'm going to hand you up again. He came through again. I'm going to give a little bit more. He did it again. I'm going to keep going. And that's how it works in the kingdom, brothers. It's, 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 God, is, God initiates, we respond. He initiates, we respond. And we act in faith, and he keeps building upon it. Slow growth is good growth. So, we spoke a lot about baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of the main things that happens... When we receive baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you might have heard this before, you might actually not have heard this before, but this is true. This is this is scripture. So one of the things that happens when we're filled with the Holy Spirit is we receive charisms. We receive gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this isn't like something that we make up. Um, and here's the thing. A lot of you have received gifts that actually might not be activated in your life right now. I think most everyone here has been praying with free baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there's actually gifts in your life right now that are not activated because you haven't maybe step into them, or step out in faith. Say, God, yeah, I, want to, I want to use this thing. Um, no matter what happens, you've given this to me, and I want to use it. So the scripture talks, Paul is talking in 1 Corinthians 12. Oh. He defines these for us. I love it. Come on, Lord. So, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of working, but it is the same God who inspires them in every one. So this is very clear. Like, the Lord is the source of all this. Yeah. This isn't like man and institutions. This isn't like us figuring out this stuff. This is the Lord doing this for the good of his people, for the good of the church. He says, to each is given the, manif the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. 
to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are inspired by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. I was talking to a, a brother today, Turek. Um, he had a great word that he heard from someone, uh, I think it was a talk he heard, that he said, this man said, the purpose of the gifts always points back to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how crazy a healing is, yeah. or any of these manifestations are, like, that's not, that's not the end goal. The end goal is like, yeah, that's crazy, you know what's more crazy? That what's more unbelievable is that we have a God who loves us. Oh. Became man and died for us so we could be reconciled to God. That's what's more unbelievable. So these, these manifestations are supposed to lift our eyes yeah. to the great reality of the incarnation that we have a God who's given all for us. That's that's the crazy reality. So these things are just like the great the powerful manifestations, but it's actually the incarnation that it points to. Jesus is Lord. That's what it all comes back to. It's not us making these up. It's it's God. It's Jesus being Lord of all. And it's our disposition to say yes to that that unlocks these in our life. When Jesus is Lord of my life, it doesn't really matter what I think or what I'm afraid of. God, you're God and I'm not. If you want to give me these gifts, sure. Um, I might look stupid, but let's do it. Like, this is your, this is your game, not my game. So, these charisms were actually very normal in the early church. We talked about it last week in Acts. Um, but if you read Church Fathers, they're very clear about it. I was reading St. Irenaeus today, and he's explicit about these charisms prophecy and tongues being normal in the early church. Like all over the place, widespread. He wrote in the uh, 100s. Um, and then Cardinal Suens, um, he passed away in the 90s. He's a, he was one of the four moderators of Vatican II. Um, great man. He said, he had a book about charism. He said, little by little, religious writing becomes more reticent on the matter of charisms. The perceptibility of the spirit's manifestations within the ecclesial community of the church lessened as faith grew weak and Christianity was more and more taken for granted instead of embraced as a way of life. I love that. So, it says the perceptibility of the spirit's manifestations within the church was lessened as faith grew weak and Christianity was more and more taken for granted instead of embraced as a way of life. Because in 13 and 315, the church became like the church of Rome. You know, and it was like cool to be Christian. And everyone's Christian. It's the culture. Praise God. There's some good things that came from that. And one of those you know, unintended consequences was Christianity wasn't this way of life that was set apart. It was just kind of like surfing the waves with everyone else. And it lost a little bit of this fire. But he says, yet, although these manifestations were no longer evident on a large scale, they were still to be found wherever faith was lived intensely. I love that. He says, yet, although these manifestations were no longer evident on a large scale, they were still to be found wherever faith was lived intensely. The Lord never stopped working. We just lost the ears for the eyes to see it. It is still happening. So, brothers and sisters, when we're open to the Holy Spirit, we surrender our lives to Him and say, Jesus is Lord. What we're saying is, God, I'm ready to start building your kingdom and not my kingdom. Like, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You will satisfy me. Jesus, you're Lord. I want your kingdom, not my kingdom. Let's start doing this thing. And that's when His Holy Spirit can fill us. That's when we can start to receive the gifts he has for us. So the number one effect of the Holy Spirit showing up in us in that power, brothers and sisters, when he meets us there, is inspired praise. Do you guys know that? Mm. Like the number one, like the result of when the Holy Spirit shows up in our lives is the number one effect is inspired praise. 
Because our hearts, we encounter the living God and we just worship Him. Yeah. We just start to praise Him. Because we're overflowing with His presence, with His love, with knowledge of Him that He has given to us, His greatness. We start praising Him. So, and when this happens, He doesn't override us. It's not like my, I, I don't know what's happening, but I just, this, this fullness is welling up from within me. And I just have to praise Him. Uh, I heard a testimony last night from Brother who was recently baptized in the Holy Spirit in morning prayer. Um, Irvin. And he said that when he started walking home after morning prayer, he put on worship music for the first time in his life. And he was just like praising God, walking into pouring rain all the way to the library from yeah. But that's like so natural because he just wanted to praise God. Like that's what happens. That's like perfect. That's textbook. That's what your heart, that's the disposition your heart is in. When you experience the living God, you want to worship because he's filled you. So inspired praise can look like us going forward in worship. Um, kind of leaning into it a little bit, as we say, Christianese, um, especially um, between songs, maybe even expressing our love to God, saying, God, you're God, I'm not. Jesus, you're holy. I love you. Praising him, inspired by the Spirit. But this takes a lot of our brain power. And maybe we don't actually have the fancy words between songs, but our heart is so full. So actually, the Lord has given us a gift to be able to praise him. Like, even when our brain isn't quite, like, we don't have, maybe we don't have any more words left. This is the gift of tongues. John's John's talking about tongues now, guys. Hang on. Hold up. So Paul actually says, I want you all to speak in tongues. That's now I want you all to speak in tongues. And he says, even more to prophesy. But he does say, I want you all to speak in tongues and prophesy. But we're going to focus on tongues for now. Paul says, Now I want you all to speak in tongues. So apparently it's a gift. That's pretty effusive. Uh, it says, 1 Corinthians 14, 5. What does it say, Mitch? 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Who's on it? Someone read out loud. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Not making this up. There it is. I promise. I'm not making it up. It's New American Bible. <laughs> All right. Now I should like all of you to speak in tongues. Okay. All right. So here we go. What is tongues? Okay. Great. It, it, it has this, it has a bad rap these days. I'm telling you. It's what's on the top of the streets, right in the south um, It's a prayer language. Tongues is a prayer language. It's a heart-to-heart communication with the Father. So. We realize that our language is just contrived it's with words, and it means something to us with our intellect, and it's fusion with our hearts and our wills, and it's good. But sometimes words just aren't enough, right? And so what happens is we just desire to pour out our praise to the Father, and so we start to pray in unintelligible words. And it's, it's a different language, and we just we experience this fullness overflowing, and we just start moving our lips and praising God. And our heart is communicating directly to the Father's heart. And we're just praying. And we're worshiping and we're praising him. There's actually more to it than that in between a second. But it's not a passive thing. It's not like, all right, I'm ready. Yeah. And it just happens. We step into it. And then God meets us there and takes us up to him. That's how it works. We step in, we start moving our mouth, and God meets us there and takes our praise. That's how it works. It's heart to heart. So this is this is this is empowerment and freedom, brothers and sisters. That's the experience. <clears throat> I would those are the words I put to the experience. It's empowerment and it's freedom. So the ultimate goal, Paul talks about, is not tongues. 
And some circles, I think you can kind of list this up as like the end all be all, and that's not the point. Actually, the point is pretty clear. There's a lot more written on this than Tom's. He says, um, look, love is the ultimate way, right? Love is, love, is, love is the ultimate goal. And he actually wants to prophesy, he says here, um, which is something we should desire as well. But tongues is a powerful gateway the Lord uses to teach us what it means to yield to him, to teach us the ways of the Spirit. It's a powerful tool for this. Tongues is for our benefit. So, for example, when my daughter, Ellie, she's being picked up, she has these incredible, incredibly eloquent sentences and, and like, you know, nice requests. She says, like, oh, please. And I know what she means. And maybe she just babbles something, but she puts her arms up. And I can see her look in her eye. And I know her heart. I know what she wants. Or pick her up. That's the thing with the Father. The Father doesn't need like eloquent words sometimes. He just delights in us. And we can just praise him without the, the use of fancy human words. So it's not magic. We don't, like, God doesn't like take control of our lives. But as we step out, we experience him filling us and working in us. Right? That's, that's what I would, I would say to this So, some common obstacles. Uh, we can be afraid of not looking cool. That's real. Um, maybe we fear of losing control. Um, I would say, and reiterate, like, you don't lose control. Um, you always you can shut your mouth whenever you'd like. Um, we may say, I think, this is what I would say. We can say, I think the perfectly fine place to be, this is kind of stupid, but I'll trust you to do something here, Lord. I think it's a fine place to be right now. You say, this is kind of stupid, this is silly, I don't really understand this, but God, I trust that you're God and I'm not. Um, so, what the heck? I think it's a fine place to be if you are right now. So, um, Michael talked about um, those words, the word that's here by Brittany and Maya. I'm not actually going to read it. I wrote it out here for us. I think it's the perfect word that is for the whole community. Because, brothers and sisters, um, there are walls in our hearts that need to be broken down. There are walls in our hearts that need to be broken down. Maybe we can get to those tonight. Maybe there's still a mystery to us. The Lord knows. And hopefully we all can agree. There's walls in my heart that need to be broken down. So that the Holy Spirit can be living and active in our lives. These walls could be fear, lack of expectant faith, complacency, saying like, hey, I got this. I think I have it all figured out. Like, I know a lot about things. Maybe that's the obstacle. But the way to break them down is to praise God. Because as we praise God, we come to trust in His goodness, and through that trust, create an openness to receive more of the Holy Spirit. Pretty sure that she had an image of the Holy Spirit breaking through our hearts. She says that our praises should especially include praising the name of Jesus as Lord. Our praises should especially include praising the name of Jesus as Lord. We do that tonight. Saying yes to His kingdom. Why? Because He's the way, the truth, and the life. That's why. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's it. So as we praise and speak the name of Jesus, a way is made for the Holy Spirit to come in and renew us. To give us new hearts. And when we receive more of the Holy Spirit, we receive more of the life of Jesus. We become more of who we are created to be. So here's the thing. Um, God is going to work in power tonight. This is not as enough word. God is going to work in power tonight. I receive three words a day confirming this. Um, check his presence is confirming my heart. Lord wants to do something here. But God is going to work tonight. And to be honest, I don't exactly know what that is, but I do know he has something for each and every one of you tonight. So we're going to launch into worship. And then a couple songs in, we're going to take some time just to repent. Yeah, worship team, come on up. Let's get time. A few songs in, we're going to take some time just to, 
to repent, take ourselves off the throne, and then put Jesus on the throne. Say, Jesus, you're Lord. Jesus, you're Lord. It's your kingdom. And whatever that means in my life right now, I'm ready to start building your kingdom. Teach me. Let's do this thing. I'm ready. I'm in. And then we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. It's, it's that simple. We're going to repent. We're going to Jesus, Lord. We're going to believe. And then we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. And then we're just going to start praising God. We're just going to start, like we always do, right? We're going to start praising God. And um, we're going to pray that when the Holy Spirit comes, that um, he would activate any gifts he wants to activate, and then we just step out in faith. And if that means just us starting to like pray in, in a different language, great. Let's do that. Let's take a step. What the heck? It sounds stupid, but what the heck, Lord? Uh, I don't care what that person thinks about it. I care what you think about it. So let's do this thing. Whatever that looks like. I'm ready. I'm in. Um, and see what happens. Um, it's awkward. It's weird. Keep going. Like God is faithful. This isn't like something we make up. This is, this is it. This is the Lord's Spirit working. And he wants to move in us tonight. He wants to convict us tonight. He wants to lift our worship tonight. Because he's the source of our worship. It's not our clever thoughts. Yeah. It's not our, like, our great feelings that are the fuel of worship. It's the Holy Spirit that's the fuel of worship. According to our hearts, we will love God. I'm going to read Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. This is, this is getting right at the heart. It's not externals. It's the heart. Like we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit does. So this is a posture of surrender. Like, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do this. But Spirit, you know my heart. So just start, maybe just start groaning. Maybe that's the first step. Because yeah. that's, that's what he's talking about here. He's interceding for us with sighs too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He's going to come to our help. He's our rocket fuel. He's the source for all this. So whatever happens in that those decisions, that's responding gratitude. The Lord is good. He's got a plan, and he's doing it. That's responding gratitude, no matter what happens, because he's the pearl of great price. He is the pearl of great price, and nothing else compares.